Welcome back, everybody, to yet another Tuesday night in First Amendment Sports Podcast Basement Studio. He's Kevin Ricca. Two weeks and two days. Let the countdown continue. Can't wait till we can podcast about actual baseball games. Which we very well will be on a Tuesday soon. I'm Ken Marangola. This is the Nat Shift. Be some sweet sounds on the snatch shift. Not an incredibly long night of baseball talk. Um, lots going on in DC sports. We'll be doing Redskins uh, free agency, you know, uh, spectacular extravaganza even um, on the Audible. Uh, and of course, we have March Madness with a hot box. Um, but nothing, nothing's going to detract uh, or take away, you know. Attention that is rightfully owed uh, the, the best uh, sports franchise in D.C., the Washington Nationals, cruising towards opening day. I mean, are you ready for opening day? Do you need the next two and a half weeks to get ready for opening day, Kevin? I'm going to need about two weeks to recover from St. Patrick's Day and March Madness opening. Uh, so that'll be helpful to get me through. It's not like we'll be sitting there without stuff going on, but I'm ready to watch the Nats. I'm ready to watch the 2018 version of... Uh, the summer suns of Washington, my friend. It's such a marathon. Like for all the other sports, uh, week one of the NFL, it's you're, it's like you're getting uh, on the short track. Uh, Sixteen games, it, it's over before you know it. Um, baseball and hockey are essentially the same length regular season. Um, both leagues have playoffs that seem to drag on forever, but, but in baseball. It's just all of a sudden there. It just all of a sudden happens. Opening day, you just all of a sudden one day is like, wait, the, the Nats are playing today. It's opening day. And then you just got to settle in and strap it in for 162 games. I, for me, opening day always has – I've always – obviously, it's this excitement of your team playing again. And I get excited about the fact that baseball is back um, and, my, and I have a World Series contender to watch for the entire summer. But, I mean, it's – by the time you get to the All-Star break and you're, and you're in the playoff push and even beyond, like opening day seems like 10 years ago. And it doesn't even feel like it was anything important necessarily. That's I how I feel I'm about college that. basketball. November basketball games happened. There was top 10 games. It existed. And uh, now those games are just rendered useless, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the beginning of the baseline you build to get yeah. your team to the finish line, and it's important to be paying attention to. And, you know, hey, if we didn't watch the opening month last year, we never would have seen Adam Eaton in a uniform. <laughs> I mean. I know. So that's, that's the exciting part. But like you said, essentially 486 hours of Nats baseball this season before the playoffs. You get 48 hours of Redskins football. That's it. So it's nuts. It's, it's, it's craziness. Is an NFL minute faster than a baseball minute? I, I got to believe that it is. Uh, anything is faster than a baseball minute. <laughs> yeah. But that's the beauty of it. And yeah. as I've gotten older, I've definitely embraced it more and more and more. Appreciated the minutes that you still had left. Yes. Well, I'm just talking about adult de- deficit, detention, mm. disorder, distraction. Hey, you want to go ride bikes after this? What's going on here? I, oh, I forgot where we were for a second. I got a, some, a banana seat and some uh, tassels. Gross. day for you. Gross. I'd choose the handlebars. Oh, uh, Nine of our first 12 are NL East games. So I talk about like, the, it's not that opening day didn't matter because obviously it did matter, but it's the idea that um, I feel so disconnected from, from that. 
I feel so disconnected from the experience, from that team, from that day. Like whatever that day is, it it's a, has a life of its own, and then it's over. Um, and I don't know if that's good or bad, but the one thing I do know is, and th this is true for especially the Capitals in recent years. To you know, this year maybe you could say the the uh, Wiz. If you're gonna win your division. And if you're going to, you know, be a credible playoff, you know, contender, World Series contender in the summer, you have to, you have to build, that cushion takes a year of building, you know, and, you know, you have to be the team that when all of a sudden when you're out five, six, seven games, when the Nats get out to a five, six or seven game lead, at whatever point in time it is, they should never relinquish it for the rest of the year. And in fact, it probably should be more like 10 to 12 games over second place in this division. And we got nine games, nine games against the NL East in our first 12. After the Reds, we go... Uh, Braves on the road, Mets at home, Braves at home before hosting the, the, a four-game set with the Rockies. So nine chances against division foe right out of the chute. And you're, it's, it might be a different team than we see in August, but those wins uh, you know, actually mean a hell of a lot if, if you are the team you think you are. No, they add up. And, and you know, if we lose a series, the sky will be falling and what's going on. But, you know, oh, yeah. first-year manager and once again. This is the first season that baseball started before the Final Four weekend. And I believe all, all the teams play on the same day. I believe opening day is on Thursday, the 29th. I believe every major league team plays that day for the first time in forever. There's no, like, Japan or, you know, Monday opener versus Tuesday opener with a Tuesday day off. Everyone is getting ready to rock and roll. The Nats' second game of the season is on Final Four Saturday. Yep. I mean... In the afternoon, too. Yeah, right before. Right before. We can watch Nats on into. It's going to be a great night for all the, Saturday, all the March local 31st. wives. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, I was trying to see, get a just peek ahead. And, and without getting ahead a, a full month, um, we do travel to L.A. in mid to late April. April 20th, uh, in case anyone out there uh, is wondering. April 20th, Friday night. Uh, road game against the Dodgers for a three-game weekend set. That seems to be the first series of consequence. Of course, you got to respect the Rockies, but um, you still mix in the Mets before you even get to the Dodgers. So a lot of chances to not just put wins on the board, but to um, establish a little something in, in the division with uh, two teams and, and six games each. You know, 12, two, 12 games, or I'm sorry, six games against the Braves, six games against the Mets. Um, yeah, I think for the 20, you should get together with the hot box and do a, a cross-promotional situation. We'll talk. We'll talk more about that. Our promotional staff is uh, hard at work. Uh, all right, so not a ton to go, as just evidenced by the top of our show, not a ton to talk about um, that I want to talk about. I don't care how good Mont Miguel Montero's doing, um, as you well know, Kevin. Um, I do like hearing good things about Edwin Jackson, although if he's on our opening day roster, it's going to make me just a little bit sad. Because um, that's not the team I think we are. Uh, as good as he is or may be or can be, uh, if we're being honest with ourselves... Uh, be Ed honest. Edwin Jackson. You know, th this team has to be better than that. I mean, no offense to Edwin Jackson. I, I hope... I think he's obviously can still play in the league, but the Washington Nationals do this every year, um, and they made, they made the good decisions sometimes, and they've made the bad decisions sometimes um, about players like this. Um, they need. They better have someone who can beat him out. I mean, that's really the answer. It's not about me not liking Edward Jackson. Yeah. You got to have someone who's better than him, and I think we do. Um, but they they need to show it in the next two and a half weeks. Yeah, AJ Cole, also uh, he falls into that category for me with a, a much higher ceiling because of his age. Uh, Fetty's topping out at ninety seven on the gun, which is huge. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he dipped down to the low 90s towards the end of last year before he got shut down. Uh, you know, stuff like that's exciting to me. Uh, Edwin Jackson, not so much, but I, I do love and respect the guy. Of course. For the regular season, that's a guy that's a, a gap filler. You know, we can hide him down for a while, bring him up when we need him. Spots. I mean, that seems to be like the, the game plan for him, or else why would he be there? Yeah. Because, no, we don't want him as our number five guy, I don't think, heading into October. But, you know, you'll be excited to know that uh, Matt Wieters was discussed as to being the guy, aside from LaCroix, going to the A's. And that, that, that kind of got me, kind of got my goat a little bit. I thought, well, if he's in the mix, now LaCroix wound up signing with the A's. Yep. But the word was Wieters was being discussed in that deal somehow, somewhere. I believe he's being discussed. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a fact. Uh, you know, can we take Edwin Jackson with him, and can we get someone else? In, but, but I think I think Ken, after this whole signing, after uh, Jake Arrieta decided to grab the cash and head to Philly, I think it showed that we weren't really that interested in him. And you know, the word is Boris was trying to convince us to be more interested, and didn't work out so great for him in DC. Who we've got a trade? There's there's a trade deadline. Rizzo's always done fantastic before this trade deadline. In fact, retooling our whole bullpen. It looks to me like that's the game plan moving forward to have a badass number five guy who could possibly be a number three guy. Yeah, well, I, I hope so. I mean, I hope um, Gio can eat up another 200 innings for us this year if, if we're lucky. Absolutely. Um, but I, so f- as far as Matt Weeders being available, first of all, I think he's very available. Um, I think I'm not the only one to think the way I think, which is he can't be here this year. But um, and if he is, I wish him the best. He lost I a wish lot of weight. He gets. Uh, he's he's seeing things better than than ever. Um, his shoulder feels great. He, he he's got a great haircut. He looks handsome. Footwork is improved. Yeah, I, I don't think he doesn't have to be here like you do. But yeah. but hearing that makes me realize that obviously we're not trading him without. You know, all of a sudden your boy Montero is our opening day catcher. Yeah, that's not what we're looking for with Severino backing him up. That's yeah. not. That's not an ideal position to be in, no matter what our that situation is, is on top of the There's analysis. a word for that, Kevin Ricca, and it's called hubris. If you like, oh, we're so good, we can start our we can start opening day with Miguel Montero as our starting catcher. That's how good we are. Guess what? That's hubris, and that is there's no place in in this locker room. In this so team. hold on, game five, you don't want Edwin Jackson on the hill chucking it at, at Montero. Montero, I, <laughs> I I probably will cry most of the day leading up to that game just because of you know we will win that ever. game, and that would and that would be the situation that we will hang our hat on. We'll I'll win a couple that. of hey, those. I'm going to predict that win too, but I mean yeah. it's I haven't seen it yet, um, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, hubris day, national hubris day, nationals. Hubris Day. Yes. All right, National Hubris Day. I, I I have to look up Hubris. Give me a moment. Uh, I think he's. I think one thing that I've I've been secretly hoping for, but I have, I've been totally focused on JT Real Muto, uh, and that is the possibility that we might have the juice, to, maybe, to 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 trade for someone's top catching prospect or a top catching prospect. I think our organization can do that. I mean, it's a, it's a hole in our organization. A guy who is looked at as being a number one catcher. You know, a number one. Not a number two, not a 50 games a year guy, but With a three years games. of control, yeah. With three years of control. Hell yeah, he's a stud. I would pay for someone like that. Sure. Uh, but it's not going to be Victor Robles. It is not going to be Soto. It's mm-mm. not. But... Weeders gets the ball started for sure. I mean, he's, he's going to start for that team. Whoever you trade with... 
to get this player, Weeders is going to be their starting catcher. Well, Goodwin is out of options, so that's going to be a tough guy to sell as a, as a package part of that deal. Michael A. Taylor seems to be the guy, and next thing you know, you got the rookie of the year starting in center field on a team that's absolutely loaded. And I think Victor Robles is making a strong push. I mean, I know his batting average and whatever you want to go through with the spring training. You just look at the guy, the eyeball test, and watch him carry himself, run the bases, play center field. I want to watch that guy play every day. Plus, the good news for a guy like Victor is, guess who they're going to pitch to in this lineup, Victor? You. They're not going to pitch to anybody. Look, look around you. Look, at, look to your left, look to your right. Those, the people you just saw are people that other teams' pitchers have no interest in whatsoever. That's why Weeders is going to get a ton of strikes. That's why Robles is going to get a ton of strikes. Um, well, uh, and for the turn. record, I want, to, I want it to be noted that I am not pushing to not have Michael A. Taylor on my baseball team because that guy gave us so many special moments in the postseason, and he has given us such a steady, not, not steady, beyond steady, a tremendous defensive center fielder. It's scary. Yes. Uh, and I, he's going to see strikes. If he plays for us, he will see a lot of strikes because pitchers will pitch to him instead of ooh. Rendon, Harper, Zimmerman, Eaton, Turner, you, you, Rendon. You, all of, they're going to pitch. These are the guys that are going to get pitches. Obviously, our pitcher is going to get pitches. Weeders, uh, a Robles, uh, a Taylor. Those, those are the guys that are going to see him. And if he's locked in with that vicious swing of his, playing that center field defensively the way he does with a rocket arm and covering gap, I mean, man, uh, that, that would sting. That would sting a ton as a, as a guy that just, you know, we all love Michael A. All of yeah. us do. I don't know anyone that isn't a huge fan. I guess uh, for a Real Muto plus a future star, you know, I guess that would be the concession is all I'm saying. Yep. And that would be, you know, to get a stud, you're going to have to get rid of someone that can play. Uh, yeah. that's, that's the, not just Washington fans, but every fan base some, forgets that sometimes. It's like, oh, we, let's go get that guy. Well, it's gonna. What are you gonna? What do you? You got to give up some. That's why I was always willing to trade Deshaun Jackson, because I knew that he. Hey, as much as. And that's why I want him back. <laughs> yeah, I knew. Hey, I, I'm not trying to trade a scrub. Um, I, no, just you're so, not cutting off your nose despite your face. It's equal. It's uh, it's it's not a lateral. I think based on need, we are loaded in the outfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at our guys. We're loaded. Supply demand. It's obvious that one of these outfielders is going to go. It's obvious that if it was going to be Soto or Robles, the deal would have been done already, mm-hmm. and. Michael A's sitting there. I know Goodwin's sitting there. Stevenson's sitting there. We got guys. We got them. We got, we got plenty at that spot. We don't have catching. We don't have a guy that you want. We've got some really, really good um, number two guys. Sure. Um, and guys who, who belong in the league in the number two spot that are, that are let's just say, more uh, contribute more meaningfully than a Jose Lobaton, who um, I loved it. He had a role. He absolutely had a role. Taking the helmet off the guy who hit the home run after Ian Desmond left? Paid handsomely, worth every penny, in yeah. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but we already have guys in the minors who can come in and, and catch better than him. And, and hit 147. Yes, yeah. we do. We yeah. have that covered. We have, we have that covered. Uh, what about, I think the only other thing I wanted to cover tonight was like trying to, to drill down. We've talked about expectations for the team. But I remember last season... Over the, I remember the last, let's call it even the last two years, you know, in that period of time that Steven Strasburg has kind of turned into the guy, in all honesty, the guy that we hoped we were going to get. I mean, he's, he, he's, uh, he, he would, you know, stretches, long stretches of, of, of healthiness, um, a couple scares, uh, a little bit, um, you know. Yeah, pulled forearms and calf muscles are always yeah. just, yeah. with him, we're like, oh my God. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Oh my God. He's right. Now that he's on the. Uh, you know, he got the big contract and he's here um, to stay for for quite some time. Um, I'm trying to set my mind right about Steven Strasburg because if he, so you have you have two time Cy Young winner uh, anchoring the team uh, with Scherzer, you know, and it's hard to believe where we've come from. I mean, I was at Strasburg's first game against the Pirates, the 14 strikeouts. It was amazing. I couldn't imagine that we'd ever have a better pitcher on our team than Steven Strasburg for years to come, and here we are, got the uh, two-time Cy Young, uh, 33-year-old Scherzer, who seems to have plenty of gas in the tank. I think he's a three-time. Two, well, two-time two with, with us. us. Yeah, yeah. Two, two in a row, right? That's pretty cool, man. Oh, yeah, three times. I don't want to get, take away from you. You're absolutely right. you got to give him his, his dap. Yeah, you can't just take one Cy Young away. It's not like a, you know, a but hot, on, it's not like a chili cheese dog. On this team, though, it's all about the, these ones yeah. came in, 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 the, in the unis. Um if Strasburg pitches the way he was pitching when he was, you know, dominant, and when he has been dominant, and he, and he has been dominant, um, I think he takes a step up in in like legacy type situation. I mean, this is, could be like a legacy type year, especially given the team's championship chances. You you expect it from Scherzer. You expect it from um, a lot of guys on our offense, and and I think you do expect it from Strasburg. But but he, this is a Hell yeah. big time consistency thing, um, because it when he when he gets a paper cut we, we like all have heart attacks, and if he dominates this season, I think some of that goes away a little. Not that you ever aren't going to be scared if your guy gets hurt, but he will have put in some work, no doubt. And I do know, Ken. I think postseason wise only we know what we're getting from Scherzer and Strauss. I think we're what we're missing there. Well, not that we're off topic, but. We need some of these guys to bring their bat mm-hmm. on playoff day because we're going to get the same thing from these guys. We're going to get what they give us, and it's been ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's about time that we started matching up our offense with our de- with our pitching uh, in, in October and November. Uh, that's what's going to get us over the hump. Those guys are going to bring that. Steven, Steven Strasburg is bringing two starts in any series, and what are you getting? Two runs off him maximum in seven innings? I mean, that's, that's what it is. We got to score some runs this this go round for this to be successful. Uh, brilliant thinking, Kevin. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, we we can write down. We can write in stone what those two are going to do in the postseason. They, they are not slipping. They just need a little help. Everyone can think of times when we lost game. Be- you know, everyone can think of like that worst case scenario. Any everyone can think of when uh, you know uh, Strauss came out early. You know when you might have seen the headline. You know Strauss after, left after three and a third. You're like, oh damn it. Or you know if Scherzer wasn't at his no hitter right. self. Um, but if you think about the Washington Nationals organization, nine World Series winners um, over the last three years, when they've been very, very good, good, you know, good team, th- th- our starters have been stymied in in three very vastly different ways. But the the best way is to, to stymie a starter. Um, we went through a period of time, especially two and a half season, two and a half years ago, where defense we c- we couldn't save ourselves from the stupid defensive play. And all of a sudden, Strasburg would be wearing two unearned or three unearned, or, or Scherzer, for that matter, through four or five, like five like no-hit innings and like three unearned runs. Um, and he would end up losing the game. Uh, last year, our bullpen destroyed our starters. Uh, and then in the playoffs at various times, our offense has abandoned them. Um, but these guys have – that's what the, the Washington Nationals and Rizzo in particular have dominated pitching uh, on the mound for, for an organization that, that enters every season as a World Series contender. Yeah, you promised me we're going to get another reliever and another starter. I'm almost right. Almost there. 
Almost. I mean, Benoit, I, I don't even know if Benoit should no, count, but I, I want that starter. So. I want that starter. I know. We will I, get him. I don't think we're getting him now, but I think we're getting him. Kinsler, technically Kinsler is the guy because we had to sign him. You said this after we re-signed Kinsler. You said we're going right. to get another guy in the bullpen and a top level uh, and a top level starter, and I and I agreed with you because that's what we do. It's what we've done. Yeah. There's a huge emphasis on pitching, and all of a sudden we find ourselves last year in a position where we didn't have a ton of depth there. But you know, Tanarora could have provided some of that depth, and he's got to be chomping at the bit after not getting yeah. an opportunity. Uh, listen, David David Martinez, stop it, David Martinez. No, no, Edwin Jackson's the guy that could. Help out with the uh, the relay races. Great athlete, you know. You know, Davey brought in the camels so we could get over the hump. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're doing walk off practice. They're doing home run trots and stuff. Edwin Jackson's great for that. Yeah. No, 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 not so much as the number five starter can. It's so ridiculous that that's why. Like, we're obviously the Nat shift starts on just the, the greatest uh, on the greatest you know riding the greatest wave because like we know they're great. Everyone kind of knows the Nats are great, and and and, and, for, and let's let's lay it out there: the Washington Nationals are not the number one pick to win the World Series. They're not, but they're in the top three or four teams. If any publication you look at that gives World Series contenders, we might be the third one down. We might be the fourth one down. Um, there, people are still going to. There's still a couple shiny, potentially shinier objects out there um, that are getting attention ahead of the Nats. But nobody is picking them to win less than like 96 games. No one's picking them to lose the NL East. No one's even picking us to, you know, be, be, for it to even be a race. Um, so people understand. And when you're talking about a, I hate that, too. I know, but, but you know what makes me love it a little bit is that they're, they're, that they're embracing it. Um, the walk-off practices, the home run try. That's not a hubris. That's not arrogance. That's like, hey, um, we're expected to get to the postseason, period. And, and you know what? The season is a failure if they don't. Yeah. Failure. And they hired this guy to smother this team with his personality and his background, and that's that's what he's doing. So, what's that? What happened there, buddy? It's gonna go out a little. Yeah, well, theme music. Bring it in. How we started it. Yeah, got gotcha. you. All right. Gotcha. I mean, I'm I'm very sidetracked by NFL free agency today, and I'm very um, excited about Ovechkin's 600th goal for the Caps today. Uh, you know, these are the feelings I'm having. The Wizards are obviously, you know, a game out of the third seed. And so Nationals spring training and preseason, it's tough. It's tough to keep your head in it. But, it, but if you do, opening day is not going to catch you by surprise, and you're never, ever going to forget that – Every single day when you turn on the TV, you get a chance to watch a win out of out of that 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 squad, that national squad. I think we get about a hundred of them. Yeah, I got a couple bets on a hundred plus the over of hundred. I think I got taken. I think the, the Vegas line is just south of that. But um, I thought that was at like ninety four, ninety five, maybe ninety six. What, what that? that yeah. I haven't looked in two weeks. Yeah, no, I I, I made the statement. You know, uh, I thought they were going to win a hundred or more, and so someone wanted to bet that, and I I bet it. You know, my, my typical bet this time of year hasn't been really offered. The O's Nats, record mm. for record. You got to sit next to an O's fan. I got an O's fan next to me, yeah. a season ticket holder, so I got that bet. The series. Well, the series is different. I mean, and a dollar that's a win fine. different. A dollar on the win differential. But it's 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 like yeah. I, I did it when the, the like Nationals the win were, were terrible. I did it when the Nationals right. were terrible. And the O's were equally terrible. But, you know, <laughs> I was gonna say. When, the, when the Red Sox and Yankees are just arming themselves with, yeah. with Giancarlo Stanton's and J.D. Martinez's and 
I mean, it's, and those have no pitching versus these lineups. I get it. They're 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 just walking in with their hands at their sides, with their chin out, ready to take one directly on the kiss. I tell you, who's walking in free? Kids at Camden Yards. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. It's, it should absolutely be something that, that, that everyone does. The Nationals sell all those seats because at this moment in time, but not for like the first couple months. If you watch the first couple months of Nat, Nats games, people always give me a hard time. They're like, where is everybody? And Because their attendance is top you know, five, top seven. Obviously, those tickets are sold. There's a bunch of people who don't want to hang out in 42 degrees uh, watching, you know, watching baseball, um, which is good for us because we can get down close. We can buy our cheap seats and get down close. Kids don't eat free, though. Don't eat free. That's okay. You know what? Peter Angelos is... is I was hoping that name would never be said hey, on this podcast. Hey, we're DC sports fans. We understand bad, what bad owners are. Some of us switched out of one bad owner situation in a way that Redskins fans only wish they could uh, in, in, a, in a world. Um, kids, kids, kids free is uh, commendable. I, I'll, I'll give that to them. Even the broken clock is right twice a day. There you go. Come on. Uh, we, we look forward to uh, being one week closer to opening day in one week from tonight when on yet another Tuesday night, Kevin Ricca. That's me. And myself, Ken Marangola, will be joining you on the night shift.